Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham, and we are in for a double feature today. We've convinced Jim Swift and Ethan Epstein of the Weekly Standard to join us because it takes that many people to cover all of the trouble Donald Trump has created for Republicans in the past 24 hours. Right, guys? All of the joy he's brought us in the media, you mean. It's Christmas Christmas in January. Yeah. Look, if you keep talking that way, I'm going to boycott this. I cannot work with – in fact, <laughs> now that you mention it, I can't work with Ethan. I remember last time we did a podcast together, he was very – he wasn't nice to me. I could have been mean to him, and I wasn't. And I just he's, – he's just – he's not very talented, and he's a loser. <laughs> uh, no, no argument here. <laughs> so I'm gonna, let me start with the first question, which is do you really think that when the moment comes – Thursday night, 9 p.m., and the world's TV cameras are tuned into the Iowa Center that Donald Trump won't be there. Ethan, start with you. I I really do think that, and I think there are two reasons for it. One, uh, Trump's brand, uh, rightly or wrongly, and in fact, I think rightly, is that he does not back down. I mean, this is a guy that misused the word schlonged and would not admit it. He he had to concoct this whole fiction about how that was a true verb. I mean, he's someone who will not make apologies. Secondly, I think he's going to do an event at the same time. It's going to be broadcast on the other cable news networks, and arguably he could get more viewers that way than he would have uh, than the debate will. So, no, I don't think he'll be there. Jim, I don't think he'll be there either. Uh, you know, we had a little. Uh, uh, you know, there's all this talk of insidery list servers. Uh, we were emailing amongst ourselves uh, when the decision uh, uh, before before Katrina Pearson found out on air with Bill and CNN mm-hmm. that. Uh, he would no, not, in fact, <laughs> confirmed be uh, attending, um, you know, oh, is this really going to happen? And, you know, I had posited he's going to have a side event and he, this is what he's going to do. And he's going to try and run his own circus. And I think tactically it's a very smart decision for him. He's the front runner and he's acting like an incumbent. Oh, I don't need to debate this peon. I'm, I'm winning. You know, that I, this this goes to me. And uh, it's it's a gamble um, because the Trump candidacy is 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 indeed genius. I mean, it's it's outside the box. It defies every convention, but it's still a tightrope walk, Michael. And um, you know, at this circus, you still have to perform and do some tricks. And if you don't keep doing these tricks, um, you know, you're you're going to see your numbers fall. And I think this is just another one of Donald Trump's uh, brilliant Barney bag of tricks. And let me just quickly add one thing, which is that. Trump is actually not that great a debater. I mean, it's actually one of his weaker uh, qualities as a candidate. So this is a way to d- to dominate the debate by virtue of not being there. Pretty smart. At 8.58 tomorrow night, you'll hear the crunch <laughs> of the Trump limo wheels and the gravel outside the Iowa event center. And the back door will open up and Trump will walk out on stage at 9.01 at the em- would-be empty lectern. And he'll say, hello, America, I'm here. And he will dominate the <laughs> debate because it won't matter what he says after that the only thing anyone will remember is that donald trump showed up and so uh he's going to have it both ways because i think you're right jim not showing up presents a ton of risk you just don't know how iowa caucus goers not trump fans and national media and you know cranky angry white guys in the hills of kentucky but how actual iowa caucus goers would respond if a guy showed himself so flaky that in some dispute over a reporter that nobody has any animus against, he doesn't show up for the eve of the caucus debate. Well, and by by not by if 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 we go on your uh, belief that he will show up, uh, he will have not kept his word to uh, to veterans. 
oh, you know, oh. Oh, Fox makes all this money. You know, they should be giving this money to veterans. I'm going to do an event for veterans. And was he, is, if, if, he, if he does, in fact, show up, he'll be guilty of lying and, uh, you know, dismissing a constituency, which apparently, according to him, is quite important. On top of this, I saw someone joke last night when he did the poll, uh, you know, it was 60-40. Yes, you should do it. And it's just, uh, you know, proof that Donald Trump doesn't listen to the will of the people. Well, look, here's the deal. Trump lying. Oh, there's a shocker. You know, that would be the first time for this guy that he just made stuff up completely. But he'll still look the, the way I posited it today on my blog was that he'll he'll have his event across you know, ever 20 minutes away and he'll write a check for 10 million dollars or pledge. Actually, more accurately, he'll promise that one day in the future he'll give 10 million dollars. And then he'll show up at 858 and walk in the door. He, there's too there are too many ways to skin this cat. Ethan, the question is. Does you, know, you remember when McCain, uh, you know, uh, said we're going to pull off the campaign to work on solving the problem mm. of the economy collapsing? And it, that was one of the true one of the moments where his campaign went truly wobbly. Is this going to be a wobbly? Is there a danger here? I should say of a wobbly moment for Donald Trump. I won't ask you to predict because nothing is predictable yeah. if Trump is in the formula. But uh, what do you what is that a danger? Well, you know, arguably this fight, fight with Megyn Kelly is a greater national crisis than was the uh, the economic – no, just kidding. Uh, no, I, I think uh, this actually plays in a way to Trump's strength because it shows that he is going to take control of any situation he's in. And in a deep way, that actually bolsters the case for his campaign because obviously his campaign is about – with the exception of, let's say, trade and immigration, it's less about ideology and more about the force of his personality. So he's demonstrating that force of personality in the way he's campaigning. And, and I think he doesn't so much look like a coward in this case. I, I don't actually read it that way as opposed to some guy who's not going to take any blank and who's going to you know, walk if he feels that that's in his best interest – and let's say that translates to the country's best interest. Let's say he gets offered a bad deal from China. He, he's not going to take it. He's going to walk away. But uh, do you think, Jim, um, that making that case against Fox News and against Megyn Kelly, which in the demographic of 2054, the number one watched show on Fox News, that that argument works. In other words, if this were the Candy Crowley hour or the you know, <laughs> CNBC you know, picnic and horseshoe toss, I'd be with you 100 percent. But really against fox is that gonna work uh you know it's there's been no better network and you know I, bill said this last night on cnn's uh, aaron burnett show and i agree i mean it, their um attempt in this press release at being pithy came across as silly and stupid but making kelly is america's sweetheart um and you know but the, the fact of the matter is i would say to most average like huge, hardcore Donald Trump supporters, they're not Fox News fans to begin with, and they don't like Megyn Kelly. Uh, the people who uh, find uh, Trump's behavior uh, stupid and uh, counterintuitive are the people who do like Fox News and do like Megyn Kelly. Um, but it's just so odd to make an enemy out of her. But I, I think the real reason, going to Ethan's point about showing and, and displaying power, is now there are establishment forces lining up behind Trump. And that's because they hate Ted Cruz. I mean, Ted Cruz, does, I don't think, has had other, any single Republican senator endorse him. Ben Sass is there with him and Rubio because he hates Trump. Uh, this is a way to show his supporters who might be becoming a little bit wary, like, oh, my gosh, the establishment's behind Trump. They're getting behind Trump like maybe the, he is some crypto establishment guy. He's, you know, sticking his middle finger up and saying, you um, I, you know, I can't be controlled. And this is just another uh, wild man thing. And it works because that's 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 who he is. He's wild man, Donald Trump. 
I will leave our listeners to speculate what that word is that you didn't pronounce. I don't know. I can't imagine what that would be. But, Ethan, here's where the danger – well, two, two things. Number one, he's not a crypto establishment guy. Donald Trump is an establishment guy. That's 100% an establishment New York Republican Wall Street guy. Mm-hmm. That's who he is. Uh, but, uh, Ethan, this is – to me, the, the real risk Donald Trump runs is this premise. People do not want to give away their vote – to somebody who's going to make them look like a moron afterwards. They don't want to cast a ballot that they're ashamed of or embarrassed by in the future, which is why, if you notice, the number of people who uh, acknowledged voting for Barack Obama plummeted in the first four years. Mm. He went from everybody voted for him to, I don't know, anybody, who, me? Uh, Does this kind of, you can call it outside the box, non-traditional, flaky, uh, personality-driven behavior, does it raise that fear in people's minds? You know, this guy will do anything. And once I vote for him, he's doing whatever his anything is with my name or, you know, my, my identity attached to it. Michael, I do think you have hit on what is his greatest weakness, which is his impulsive personality and uh, his there's good unpredictability and there's bad unpredictability if it looks like this is a guy that flies off the handle and goes just completely psychotic at the most personal slights that's that's actually a pretty bad quality in a president i would say i i don't think that people and i in fact it's been proved people don't care that you know 15 years ago he said something else about abortion than what he says now like those issues are not dragging him down i mean those have been tried they're manifestly not working it's all personality. I mean, that's the source of his appeal, but sometimes he goes too far, and uh, that is the risk in, I think, these kind of situations. I do agree with you there. Uh, and so that brings us back to Jim. Is this the right place to you know, fight to show his strength? And I still say that the win-win is that he threatens not to show up, and then he, whatever, writes some check or gets some accommodation <laughs> or something, and he finds a way to show up. Um, but I think, oh, oh, in a sense, Trump has kind of already won do you agree with me that there's no way anyone else's message can possibly penetrate the Trump media wall between certainly now and the post-debate coverage? And uh, that's that's exactly what you want when you're front runner. You don't want anything to change. Yes, uh, I'll agree. But with one caveat, the only person who did pierce this uh, was Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz, by insisting they have you know a mono mono moderatorless 90-minute debate, was a smart play. Uh, from Cruz, um, but uh, that's not going to happen. And it, but it was it was a way to kind of say, hey, look, I'm I'm still relevant in a Trump-dominated news cycle. Uh, but Trump is a bulldozer, um, and uh, is bulldozed over that. That debate will never happen. The real question is, and this is the genius of Donald Trump doing this: will he or won't he? America's eyes yeah. wait. Here we are. We've spent 90 percent of the podcast on Trump and we, we mentioned Trump for or we mentioned Cruz for 30 seconds. That says it all right. Well, no, that means yeah. I failed because I don't know how got a Cruz <laughs> reference in there and I'm going to go back and edit that out. So that will never see the light of day. Last yeah. question. The most dangerous part of this for Trump uh, is the expectations game, because unless something strange happens, unless there's a flurry of poll numbers to in advance to show some real wild movement, I think people are going to assume that Trump is going to win and win big uh, Monday night. If Ted Cruz manages to pull off a win due to superior organization, maybe this stuff Trump's doing rubs, uh, you know, traditional Iowa caucus goers the wrong way, you know, local issues, whatever. I, I think we went from Cruz winning Iowa being expected to Cruz winning Iowa being a Rocky beats Apollo Creed style upset. Thanks entirely to Ted Cruz. 
Well, if, if Donald Trump loses, and, and Hayes said on the podcast, I think, with you earlier this week, it's his to lose. Um, if he loses this, it, it is um, a big chink in Donald Trump's armor because uh, Donald Trump's ethos and his main appeal is he's like Charlie Sheen. He's hashtag winning. I, I just let me step in for a sec. I actually think in a way it would benefit Trump. Let's say he loses Iowa, but then he wins big in New Hampshire. He's the comeback kid. I mean, that's that's a comeback narrative that would be even better than just winning the early I, I would have agreed yeah. with you until last night at six o'clock when Trump you know, set off this bomb. I think he raised the expectations. This guy's in control. He's, you know, he's got this, you know, he's, he's driving this train. He knows exactly what he's doing. Look at this guy. He's brilliant. And then if he does all this and he loses, I think this goes from a, well, Iowa's a weird state. And look, I mean, look who they support in the past, you know, uh, Santorum and Huckabee, what do they know to suddenly a, holy crap, Iowa, what happened? He had this in the bag. I, I re- if, if Cruz's organization can manage to pull off a win or a tie here, I think it's very different than would have looked a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, New Hampshire is a state that picks winners. No offense to uh, my Midwestern friends in Iowa. Their, their track record's pretty bad in recent times. Well, I, I, I will uh, not be that kind. Iowa's a lousy state. How in the world we ended up with Iowa and South Carolina in the two, you know, the state that is obsessed with ethanol and the state that brought us the Civil War. How did those two <laughs> states get in the front? They should be in the back. It should be Missouri for the first state. Not that I have any love for it. It's just a good representative state. And maybe New Hampshire after that. And then, uh, but this, this, uh, I, I, Iowa should have had their first in the nation card taken away a long time ago. And I should have wrapped this podcast up a long time ago, <laughs> but I've been having too much fun. Ethan Epstein, Jim Swift, thanks so much for helping us double team Donald Trump. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.